Happy Fourth of July, huh? Happy Independence Day. Yeah, I'm sun shining. For those of you that haven't met me, my name is Ryan. I am one of the, I, I hesitate to say the word elder because sometimes I don't feel qualified, but I'm one of the people that help drive this ship along. Uh, Tom, our pastor, has been uh, getting better and better and better, but we still have him on a limited rotation. And so you're stuck with me today. I am so happy you're here. Kids, you can stay right here today. <laughs> you're stuck with me. I want to remind everyone, as Eric did, we do have a nursery upstairs for like toddlers and under, so if you need some help there. We also, if you go right out straight through those doors, there's a cry nursing mother's room if you need to use that. Uh, we pipe the service in there so you won't miss it. That being said, kids are a blessing from God, right? And if we have some noise, we have some crying, it's just God telling us how blessed we are. Uh, don't, don't be embarrassed. We're, we're happy to have the kids here today. One, one quick announcement, and we'll get rolling. Uh, Bethany Beluga's softball team this week. Yeah, who? Uh, Tuesday night, late game this week. Game's at 845. If you have any sort of softball inclination at all, and you are of the female gender... We would love to have you there. <laughs> We've been a couple short in that department. If you want to show up at the field around 8.15, 8.30, we would love to have you come play with us. Tuesday night, 8.45, right where they're going to light off the fireworks tomorrow. Um, anything else? Got it? Okay. Today's going to be a little interactive. Kids, did everyone get paper and crayons? Kids, everyone? No? Okay. I need a helper. Allie? Can I... There you go. Justice? Make sure all the kids get a piece of paper and some crayons. You can share with your neighbor if you need to, but that's going to be part of it. All the kids, you need one of those. So this week, as I was kind of thinking about where we were going to go today, knowing that this was kind of our inaugural family week, um, knowing that the kids are going to be here, my wife Vicky and I were trying to pick a topic that we thought would maybe be family-appropriate time out. Hey kids, if you didn't get a piece of paper, how about you raise your hand? That'll help them out. Just raise your hand and they'll get to you. Okay. Perfect. So Vicki and I were trying to kind of go through these topics and you know, kind of maybe the typical ones started coming up. <laughs> Obedience. <laughs> children obey your parents. Um, God loves children or maybe even or will, will there be puppies and ice cream in heaven? You know, all, all great topics that Vicky and I were tossing back and forth this week. And to be honest, none of them were sticking. Like, nothing was just resonating real deep, you know? And I think about halfway through the week, Josh Pierce, one of the other elders at the church, called me, like, Wednesday afternoon. He's like, hey, you feeling good? You ready for this weekend? And I was like, nope. <laughs> I, I got nothing. And we started talking about it a little bit. And how, how busy the 4th of July is for the people that live here. I mean, for those of you that are visiting, we're, we're so glad you're here. We'd love that you come and enjoy this beautiful valley. But for those of us that live and work here, very often the 4th of July just means craziness. Um, my, my wife and I own a sign company here in town. And year in and year out, the couple weeks leading into the 4th is by far our busiest every year. And it's just, it's kind of mind-numbing sometimes, right? And so I thought maybe these topics weren't sticking just because I was kind of mentally fried this week. It was through this busyness that God kind of went, 
gave me my topic, right? Uh, Thursday, I was up in Crested Butte with like the billions of people that are in Crested Butte this time of year, trying to hang signs on Elk Avenue. And I was hanging this sign that like hangs off of an existing sign, like two-tier kind of. And there was these eye bolts in this existing sign that I had to hang off of. And I had to make this decision whether those eye bolts were going to be strong enough to hold this new sign up that I was putting. And it kind of just hit me like, got it, right? We're going to talk today about overcoming adversity. Um, And adversity, it, it takes a lot of different forms, right? And it affects young, it affects old. Frankly, being born is a pretty adverse situation, and, and dying is pretty adverse, and everything in between, right? So we're, we're going to face some sort of adversity pretty much every day of our life. And it comes in a lot of different forms. It can come in busyness, like I had this week, work, um, rude customers, ru- rush orders, just craziness, lack of sleep, right? It can also come in the form of health. Um, those of you that know my wife and I know that this has certainly been one of our biggest adversities together is, is health. Um, finances, right? Finances will plague us all from time to time. Uh, and maybe it's coworkers, kids. Maybe it's someone that you go to school with, right? Maybe an older kid or someone that you ride the bus with. It could be a boss. It could be a teacher. It could be a principal. Siblings. Siblings can be adverse from time to time, Right? Young and old, right? I know my boys don't always get along, um, and I've certainly seen older siblings not get along as well. Adversity takes a lot of different forms, right? Kids, step one. I want you to take your paper and kind of divide it into fourths. You can fold it. You can draw some lines. Divide it into four squares, and in the top, one of the top squares, top left, whatever top square you want, I want you to draw a picture or write a few words about a time when you had to go through something tough, something that was hard for you that you remember that you went through, okay? And you can work on that as we work through this together. The Bible tells us very clearly that God uses these trials, these adverse times in our life to make us stronger, right? He tells us that he's teaching us. He's helping us learn for the future. We live... We live in a time that maybe is falsely teaching our, our society that if we follow Jesus, everything's going to be all roses, right? And, and it's just not true. When, when life gets tough, I would argue that it does one of two things. It can either tear us down, right? It can make us want to quit can give you the I can't attitude. Maybe we feel useless, inadequate, depressed. It sometimes breaks us down, right? Or it can motivate us. It does one of two things. Failure can motivate us. I know I can do better. I can beat this. A couple of weeks ago, about a week and a half, I was digging a hole to put a sign out by the new animal clinic And if any of you know our sign company, you know how much I love digging holes. It's like, it's one of my favorite things. (laughs) And I start start digging this hole. I mean, and we live in the Rocky Mountains, right? There's no such thing as an easy hole. But this one was particularly dirty. (laughs) It it was getting me. I was about two minutes into this sucker, and I knew this was going to be a battle. 
And I stopped for a second, kind of said a little prayer. And when I stood back up, I was like, you know what? I got this. Bring it on, hole. (laughs) I dug, I bet I dug 15 rocks out of that thing that were like that big. It was terrible. And then I had to dig another one right here. And we did it all over again. Normally a project like that would make me pretty grumpy. I'm not a real pleasant person to be around after a project like that. But for some reason that day, Jesus helped me just have this attitude of, you know what? It ain't no thing. We got this. It's kind of the same thing in our life. I would argue that the successful people in our life, think about business leaders, uh, community leaders, professional athletes. I would argue that these are the type of people that adversity and failure motivates. I can do better. Next time I will win. Do you think Steph Curry, Golden State Warriors, just lost the NBA championship? Do you think he went home like going to give up? Man, I'm done. I can't do it. Heck no. He's he's coming back next year stronger than ever, right? He's working as hard as he ever has this summer. It motivated him. I had a poster growing up in my room. Some of you may have seen it. Uh, I believe... um, I believe it still hangs in my mom's classroom, I think. Um, and it, it was by Michael Jordan. For, for you younger folks, that's the true world's best player. He, he was pre-LeBron. <laughs> uh, the, the poster said this. It said, in my career, I've missed more than 9,000 shots. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. God puts trials and adversities in our life to make us stronger, and if it motivates us, we will get better and better and better. Not every battle is meant to be won, right? doesn't keep us from trying. Kids, did you ever lose a game? Remember the first time you swung a bat? Did you hit the ball? didn't keep you from trying. Professional baseball players, 300 batting average is like great. That means two-thirds of the time they strike out. Do they quit? Heck no. They step up to the plate time and time and time again. I would suggest that God is saying, use this. Try harder. Next time will be better. There is no doubt that adversity is on its way, right? No matter how deeply we feel our faith is in Jesus, we know that adversity is coming. First uh, Peter, I believe, says this very well. Let me open up here. Let's see. We got this new fancy deal here. Let's see if we... Ha! Okay. First Peter put it this way. He said, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. He's saying, don't be surprised when these things come, because they're coming. Why do you act surprised when life gets tough? Remember a few weeks ago when we talked about Jesus calling the disciples? He didn't tell them, follow me, and life's going to be grand. He said, it's going to be tough. We're going to have some tough times. Don't be surprised when they come. There's two problems with our society telling us that following Jesus is going to make everything grand, right? Number one, it's not what this says. If you've read this, it doesn't say everything's going to be peachy. Number two, 
you can't make decisions for other people, right? The people around you are going to make decisions that affect your life, and you don't have any control over that. Adversity is on its way. Now, I may be younger than a lot of you. I, I know. But I just want to say I feel I'm pretty experienced in this topic. And those of you that have met us know that. Vicky and I have gone through some stuff. Uh, I, I have Crohn's disease. I've been in the hospital multiple times for it. We own a small business. We bought it right on the forefront of the recession. Fantastic timing. <laughs> uh, my middle child was born in the NICU. Uh, little, little side note. I don't know if it's still in here. This right here. This is an ultrasound of my middle This is Jace. I think we maybe have pulled this out before. But this isn't one of the, like, happy, it's a boy ultrasounds. This is the, we really don't want you to have your baby, but we got to check and see how much fluid is around him to make sure he's healthy ultrasound. Um, Jace was born premature. And we happened to buy this Bible through those weeks at the hospital and This has just lived in there ever since, kind of as a reminder that times sometimes are tough, but through Jesus we can overcome. Those of you that know Jace, he he has no lack of energy now, right? (laughs) He made a full recovery. Um, I I don't bring these things up to build myself up. I'm not saying I'm great. I'm just trying to build a little street cred. I mean, I'm just like you guys, you know, we've all gone through our things, right? I just want you to be able to look at me and say, you know what? He had some rough stuff in his life. He survived. L- literally, I survived. I'm here today. I didn't always pass these with glowing remarks. Um, we've failed, certainly. But we keep charging on. And you know what? I think it's because God isn't done with me yet. Matter of fact, I know it is. And I'm glad that he's not because... We got a lot to do together still. There's a lot of work to be done, and him and I are working on it. And I would suggest it's a simple fact. If you're sitting in that chair breathing right now, he's not done with you either, right? I don't know what you're going through. He's got a plan. All of these things that we're going through, these adverse, we have to keep in mind it's just temporary, right? We have to see beyond the now. My mom is here today visiting for the fourth. She just had knee surgery a few weeks ago. It's not a lot of fun. I'm tell- I've never really been around someone with a knee replacement. If you're looking for something to do next week, not my recommendation. <laughs> but she can see past the now, right? She knows that a little bit of hurt right now is going to make the long term a lot better. And so she's, she's going through it like a champ. So then the question becomes not if tough times are coming, but rather, how do we overcome them when they do? Because we all know that they're coming in various forms, big, small, tall, short. What do we do when they come? How do we not just survive them, but how do we thrive through them? There was a guy named Jeremiah. I think he was onto something. Um, For those of you that don't know Jeremiah, he was... He was basically a preacher. Uh, He proclaimed the word of God, and he didn't see a lot of success in his time. Um, As as I studied this, they said perhaps he maybe only had two converts in his whole life. And that's all he did his whole life was proclaim the word of God. Even his own town turned against him. Yet he just kept on keeping on. Uh, 
In chapter 17 of Jeremiah, starting in verse 7, he says this. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for it leaves for its leaves remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of the drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. It has deep roots, right? And even when the storm comes, it knows that it can survive because it's planted its roots deep. Jeremiah had to have pretty deep roots too, right? He had a pretty rough life. I would suggest that his roots were planted pretty deep as well. I have here a little example. In this board, this piece of redwood that we make signs out of a lot of times, I have three eye bolts. A lot like that sign I was hanging this week. There's eye bolts hanging out of the old sign, and I had to decide, are they strong enough to hold this new sign? Let me ask you a question. If you were falling right now, like the floor just gave out, and you had to grab onto one of these for dear life, save your life, which one would you grab? Number one, let's see, how about show of hands? Number one, can you see it over here? I see, I see a number one, I see some number ones. Number two, anybody, there's some twos. Number three, okay, remember the number you picked. That will be important. Let me see the number twos again. Who picked number two? Someone want to come unscrew number two? Volunteer? Come on, you can do it. I know you can do it. I've seen you, you're strong. Okay, how about you do it together? You guys, go ahead, come on. Work on this number two together for me, would you? Tell me how that works out. We're falling, we're falling, hurry. Hmm. I wonder how we did. What do you think about that? You feel safe grabbing number two? No. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. As I was working on this sign amongst the three bazillion people, I had to decide, is this eyeball strong enough? Is it number two? Right? I sure hope I didn't choose number two because it's hanging right over the sidewalk where, like, all those three billion people are going to walk. <laughs> Kids, pick another corner of your, of your paper. I want you to draw in that corner a time that perhaps maybe you didn't make the best decision. A time that maybe you made a wrong decision. Does that make sense? Okay. Who picked number three? Some hands. Jim, I see Jim. Do you want Jim? Can I? Do you want to come work on number three? My single greatest fear as a sign installer is having a sign fall on top of someone's head. I I kid you not. I've been making signs for like 14 or 15 years. Every time I have to hang a sign in a situation where people are walking underneath it, I just get nervous. I spend extra time on every one of these jobs to make sure that that sign is going to hang there. But the trick is... Doing good? It's squeaking. Yeah. I see threads. You're getting close. There we go. Thank you, Jim. Feeling a little better about number three than number two? 
And those of you that hung on to number three, you might have made it, right? Um, the funny thing about hanging off of these eye bolts is you don't really know how strong they are until the storm hits. Everything's going to hang just fine when it's calm and the wind's not blowing. It's going to look great. And to everyone walking by, they're not going to know the difference because they all look the same, right? But when the storm hits, number one, where's my number one's at? Hoyt, <laughs> and jumped up, of course. Come on, buddy. You can do it. Hoyt's done this before. Hoyt's going to work on number three, or number one for us here, yeah. Oh. Let's put it this way. Let's pretend there's three identical signs hanging boom, 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 right? One, each one with one of these eye bolts. They're perfectly level, of course, because I installed them. They're eight foot, one inch, because the code's eight foot. So, I mean, they're, they're perfect. Everything about these signs are great, except for we use these different eye bolts. They might hang there for two days, a week, a month, two years, and everything is fantastic. But what happens when the wind starts to blow? We start to put some stress on these signs. Things get heavy. It's not until the storm starts to blow that we find out the true strength, the true depth, the true integrity of the eyeball, right? How are we doing on that one? You've been there a long time. Do you need a, do you need a relief? Do you need to tap it? No, you got it. Sometimes when I'm building a sign and I'm a little sketched out about whether it's strong enough, I call my buddy Eric. Right? He's, he's the one that led today. For those of you that don't know, Eric's real job is an engineer. Proof that you can be good-looking and smart at the same time, right? <laughs> but, but Eric has the knowledge. Eric has the tools and the ability to tell me, hey, if you build this sign and you dig it this deep and you put this much concrete and you use this type of post, when the storm gets tough, oh, we got it, number three. Feeling a little better. Or, number one, I'm sorry. Feeling a little better about number one, don't you think? For those of you listening on the podcast, number three is like maybe an inch deep. Or I'm sorry, number two is like an inch deep. Number three is like maybe four. Number one went all the way through the board, basically. Eric helps me with these signs because he has the tools and he has the knowledge to tell me when the wind starts pushing on this thing and it's this heavy, you need this much strength to withstand the storm, right? God says the same thing, just like Jeremiah. You need to bury your roots deep. You need a deep eyeball so when the storm comes, you can withstand it. The difference between you and me and Eric, when Eric's wearing his engineer hat, we don't have to have the degree in all of the education that he has for life's roots, for life's eyeballs. It's all right here. We all have the manual, right? We can all study the engineer book of life. If you don't have one of these, there's some brown ones in the chairs around you, grab one. Every house needs to have life's engineer book. That is our gift for you. Kids in a third box. I want you to think about that picture you drew, that time that you failed. But now I want you to draw that same time now. 
If you were to do it again, and you had all the knowledge of going through that the first time, and you had to go through that again, what would it look like this time? That make sense? What would it look like this time around? There will be times when we do not overcome. Sometimes we have to pick up the pieces, move on, better prepared for next time, right? Sometimes we need a link. We'll have to link us to the next sign, to the next time, right? The funny thing about links is you've got to use the right one for the job, right? I've got different size eye bolts, different size links. This eye bolt fits there, but it's probably not the right one for the job, right? If I try to put this link right there, it doesn't fit. You have to use the right link for the right job. If you're only as strong as your weakest link, if I put this little tiny link on this great big eye bolt and the wind starts to blow, what happens? The link might snap, right? Conversely, maybe I put a great big heavy-duty link on the little tiny eye bolt and the wind starts to blow. The roots come out, right? These links take various forms in our life, right? What happens between storms, these links? Maybe it's despair. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's aloneness, right? And take all sorts of forms, the things that we grab onto when times get rough. We find the right link and the right eye bolt like this. It makes everything perfect, everything strong. And I would suggest... By far and large, the link that we need in and out is right here. This is the strongest link that we have from adversity to adversity. John 16 says it this way. Book of John, chapter 16, verse 33, says this. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the world, we're going to have tough times. In the world, we will have tribulation. But if you have faith in him, if your roots are planted in him, he has overcome everything in the world. There's nothing in the world that he can't take on. Right? Be in the world, not of the world. Cool thing about our eyebolt example here is we can learn from our previous experiences too, right? If we were to fall again and we had to grab onto an eyebolt, which one would you grab? <laughs> Everyone won, right? We've all been through it. We know that sign that I hung in Crested Butte last week. I didn't have to check the eyebolts. I was there six months ago. I had hung a sign on that exact same place six months ago. I knew how deep they were, right? From previous experience, I knew what was hidden underneath. Kids, in your last box, I want you to draw a cross. Because the moral of the story from all of this is when things get tough, we need to be rooted in Jesus, right? That'll be a sign that whenever things get tough, all we have to do is look to the cross, right? We can take our knowledge from previous experiences and we can help others too, right? So now we're falling and we got to grab an eyeball. 
we all know that this is the one to grab. And we can say, hey, buddy, grab this one. I grabbed that one last time and it didn't work out. Jump in. Come on. Right? Maybe we can save them a little bit of the pain. If we've helped them in the past and they trust us, I bet it works out pretty well from them. But if we've helped them in the past and maybe we hurt them, maybe not so much. Look at these three screws. You see these screws? One, two, three. On the surface, they all look the same, right? Same head from the outside. Everything looks great. Maybe we've helped someone try to pick up their pieces. We tried to screw it back together, right? And for the time being, the storm's not blowing. Everything looks pretty good. But what if? What if we dug a little too deep? What if we forced something down their throat when they weren't quite ready. Maybe, just maybe, we ran those screws in a little too deep for the situation. For those of you that have tried to like fix a piece of furniture before or a board that's broke, you might know that if you try to put a screw back in the board that's way too big for the job, you can very easily make it worse than it was when you started right? But you might not see that until the storm hits. We had, Vicki and I had this rocking chair when we were first married. Um, one of my building flops in my life. From a distance, it looked beautiful. I, I, it, was, it was really nice. But if you sat on it, you were going down. <laughs> um, and we tried to fix it several times. And I think the first time we tried to fix it, I used a screw that was too big and it kind of split the wood, held it together. It sat in the corner. It looked great. But the second someone sat on it, (laughs) down they went. It's the exact same thing when we're trying to help people pick up the pieces, right? They need us. They need our help. But if we screw in too deep, then when it comes time to grab the eyeball and we say, hey, grab this one. I know. They're like, you know, last time, that didn't work out so well for me. I think I'm going to go it alone this time. We have to be careful about which screws we use in which situations, right? The moral of the story is pretty simple. If you want to weather the storm, you've got to have deep roots, deep threads in Jesus. Like storing food in a cellar for the wintertime, you've got to prepare ahead of the storm to make sure that you have enough food to get through the winter, right? And it's not until the middle of the storm that you realize maybe you didn't store enough. The be- those best prepared to overcome adversity have deep roots, deep threads. This comes with an understanding that this too will pass and this too will make us stronger, smarter, better. It also comes with a calmness and a can-do attitude. Jesus, you and me, we got this. Little side note, my wife and I are kind of into the social media thing with our business. And the new cool thing is like to develop a hashtag, hashtag this, hashtag that. We started using this hashtag, hashtag, we got this. If you search we got this in the hashtag search world, I bet we'll come up. The funny, I don't know if it's funny, but the inside thing that Vicky and I have, I want to share with all of you. When we think about we got this between her and I, 
It's this understanding that me and her and him have got this. And that together, we can do anything. Right? We truly believe that through our sign shop, we can accomplish anything. James 1 says this. says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. To remain steadfast under trial when the storm comes, you need a deep eyeball. You need, you need deep roots. On the first Sunday of the month, we always, uh, we always partake in communion. It's open to anyone who believes. If you've professed your faith to Jesus, we'd invite you to come and share. Um, kids, if, if you haven't quite got there yet, maybe hold off, right? It's just bread and juice until we decide to accept Jesus into our life. I would suggest, in the meantime, kids, you can do both if you're not quite ready for communion, or if you are, I know it's going to be a little crazy, but I want you guys to all go out on the hallway. We've got Matt and Allie. Where's Matt and Allie Pierce? Where, there's Allie, there's Matt. They're ready, they've got some tape. I want you to take your pictures that you drew, and I want you to just tape them up all over outside in the foyer where we walk out so that when people leave, they know that no matter what they're going through, what adversities they may have this week, they can lean on the cross to lead lead them through. All right? So kids, you guys can run out there, tape up your papers. We're going to take communion. And I would suggest when you take communion this week, you ask for strength, you ask for preparedness, ask for deep roots because the storm is coming. Feel free to come up as you led. We're going to sing a song, and I'll close you out.